But I didn't think you'd come back. What, you thought I was just gonna ride off into the sunset and pastor my nice little church in Vanier? <laughs> Not gonna happen. He's back! In a way, now I'm back. Good to be back. I can't believe it! I just don't believe it! I'm freaking out! This is Late Night Council. We thought it best to break it to you slowly. How about we get back to the important topic? Who's John Council? That's my grandpa. We would be honored if you would join us. Give it to me straight. It's perfect. It's unbelievable. It's amazing. John, you're in charge. I think we're live. I think we have a show. I think we have the problem solved. Oh, my goodness. You are so patient hanging in there and tuning in with us. I deeply, deeply, and profoundly uh, appreciate it. Uh, I've been away for, let me see, I've been away for nine live shows. Of course, we repeat the Wednesday show on Thursday night, so like uh, 11. And uh, it is great to be back. For those, of the, the, for those of you that don't know where I was, I was on vacation. What did I do for vacation? What did I do on my summer, on my summer vacation? Well, I took the motorcycle and I went on the longest solo ride of my lifetime. 11,120 kilometers. Okay? That's what I did. Oh, by the way, it's open line, open topic. Whatever you want to talk about, and we've only got 90 minutes, our apologies for the technical difficulties. You know, my learning curve in the technicalities of online broadcasting has gone through the roof, and I just had another education tonight, and, uh, uh, you know, every time a mistake like this happens, it's there's a 100% chance it's never going to happen again because that's the way I learn my lessons. I don't know how you learn my le- your, your lessons, but I learn my lessons the hard way. And uh, what happened tonight is never going to happen again. Unfortunately, we only got a 90-minute show, but I promise this 90-minute show, oh, man, this 90-minute show is going, to be, is going to be like seven hours packed into 90 minutes. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be wonderful. You're going to love it. It's open line, open topic. 343-700-4390 is the number to call the Capital Region. That's 343-700-4390. If you're calling from faraway exotic places, hey, I probably drove through those faraway exotic places. Okay, like if you're calling from Butter Cove, Newfoundland, if you're calling from Egypt, Vermont, if you're calling from Globe, Arizona, I did not drive through Globe, Arizona, but I drove through Phoenix. I drove through Flagstaff. I drove through Winslow, Arizona. Oh, the temptation to go into town and stand on the corner in Winslow, Arizona. Such a fine sight to see. It's a girl, my lord, at a flatbed floor. It's slowing down to take a look at me. I did not go to that place, but apparently there's a statue there. And, you know, the lyrics to the song, you can see that. But I did not stop off in Winslow, Arizona. Because when you're doing 11,120 kilometers in 17 days and visiting family, friends in between, you want to make time, okay? So I started off in Ottawa, went through North Bay and Sudbury, encountered my first thunderstorm uh, going into Sudbury, coming out of Sudbury, went to Sault Ste. Marie, spent the night in Wawa. The next day got up, went to Thunder Bay, spent uh, uh, the next night in Sioux Lookout, which is four hours northwest of Thunder Bay with an old college buddy of mine. Then I went to Winnipeg to see my family, who were all excited about my cousin Darren Helm, who just uh, signed a $19 million contract with the Detroit Red Wings. Not like I know the guy. I never met the guy in my life. But he's still my cousin. He's still my grand. 
my uh, uncle's uh, uh, grandson. Uh, so they were all Twitter about that. Then I went to Brandon to see friends. Then my wife, who met me in Brandon because she had gone to a wedding out in Edmonton, you know, and flew back to Brandon to be with me. She flew, drove down to Minot, North Dakota, and flew out to California to be with her son. Meanwhile, I got on the motorcycle, and I rode from Manitoba down through uh, down through uh, uh, North Dakota, got a speeding ticket, 20 bucks. 20 bucks for a speeding ticket. That's the cheapest speeding ticket I've ever paid for in my life. And the cop was so nice, I felt bad, you know, like that I, oh, I felt terrible speeding. Cause he was such a good kid. What a good kid, okay? Took a wrong turn, didn't know where it was, and oh, it was, anyway, that was the biggest mistake. Uh, and then, uh, encountered two more thunderstorms that day, spent the night in Montana, then, uh, went through Idaho, down through Utah. Oh, folks, have I got the right motorcycle for a trip like this? I mean, the speed limits in Montana, Idaho, Utah, they are so they are so common sense. They are so mature. They are so eighty miles an hour on the interstate. And I have a motorcycle that just begs to go fast. Okay, so it, going fast, it was so fun. Got through Las Vegas. I hate Las Vegas. Don't like Las Vegas at all. Spent a night in Utah. Went through the Mojave Desert. It was one hundred and ten degrees when I went through the Mojave Desert. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that, that, yeah. Oh, it's a dry heat. Yeah, bull. It's, it's still one hundred and ten degrees. That's hot, hot, hot. Had a wonderful time in California. Came. Back this time went L.A. to Phoenix, where it was even hotter than the Mojave Desert, okay? And went up from Phoenix through Flagstaff, went from Flagstaff to Amarillo to Albuquerque to Oklahoma City. Had an oil leak, and it was a minor oil leak. It's something that happened before, but I'm not Mr. Mechanical Genius, so I figured i got to stop by the Harley place, make sure I'm not going to have the engine blowing up. And it wasn't affected by the heat or anything. It was just a random thing. Still... Still, 110 bucks I had to pay U.S. Sitting in the service uh, uh, department of the biggest Harley shop I've ever been in my life, and I'm held prisoner there for two and a half year, uh, two and a half hours, and I am being subject. I'm made to listen to the worst country music I've ever heard in my life. And to make it worse, the service manager knew all the lyrics. Okay, and he's singing along. Oh, it was bad. Those of you that follow me on Twitter, you know, I was so bored out of my mind. I whipped out the phone. I said, "Oh, yeah." People aren't going to believe this. i got to take a picture. It was just brutal. So that took three hours off. Got on the bike, got on uh, to, to Springfield, Missouri, stayed at Springfield, Missouri, went up through to St. Louis, spent uh, the night with a buddy in Terre Haute, Indiana, then up through Indianapolis, then to Toledo, then to Detroit, saw my sister, went up for dinner with my nieces, and then spent the night at my son's place in Woodstock, Ontario, and got into town today at 3 o'clock. Oh, it's delightful to be back home. But my goodness, I, I know some of you are thinking, Council, we don't care about your vacation. We're stuck here in Ottawa all day, all day man. we got jobs, man. I mean, there's a lot of stuff happening in the news. We could care less about where you're going, what you're doing. Yes, I understand. I understand that, okay? But I did learn some things on the road, okay? I did. Like 110 degrees Fahrenheit, even if it's a dry heat, it's still hellishly hot. And in Baker, California, that's right in the middle of Mojave Desert. They got this, it's a town of about maybe three, 4,000 people, and they got this five-story high thermometer in the middle of the town that tells you how hot it is. It was 104. It was brutal, just brutal. But there's a lot of stuff going on, isn't there? Like like way too much stuff. You know, and if we have fun maybe a little on, later on in the program, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get to more of the fun stuff of what I was doing while I was away. But in the meantime... Oh, oh, like, I know I don't expect the world to, you know, to stop when I'm gone, but uh, I'm sure there were nights when you were thinking, dang, I wish I could call council show. 
and talk about what's going on right now because like there's a lot of stuff going on and and there are physical effects to being on the road that long with a motorcycle as well like i had to wear earplugs because i put a windshield on and the wind just is just if you don't have earplugs you're pretty much deaf and i think i'm pretty much deaf from the road anyway now i could get to the serious stuff but i i gotta talk about pokemon go are you playing pokemon go are your kids playing pokemon go Pokemon Go hit the States a week ago, let me see, yeah, a week ago Wednesday. And two days, it was out two days. And remember, I'm in California, I'm in Burbank, Glendale, North Hollywood. That's where my son lives, okay? This thing is out two days, and I am not exaggerating. Forgive me, as God is my witness, I do not mean to be sensational. I'm not trying to hype you in any way, but we're in outdoor malls there where there's hundreds of people, and this is no exaggeration, this is 48 hours after this game hit, or this social media phenomena hit uh, the United States. Now, it's been slower to come to Canada, so you, don't, you haven't seen the impact like, it's, like it hit there. We're in malls, and I'm, there's no exaggeration, 75% of the people walking around in malls, most of them 18 to 30-year-olds, 75% of them, are going all over the place, you know, like with these uh, with their phones, trying to catch these Pokemon Go's. My son, my son works for Disney. He's a technical animator. He's really smart. He's really creative. But he's a little bit goofy because 11 o'clock he gets on his bike with his iPhone to go around hunting, you know, uh, Pokemon Go's. My nephew is in, is in a full scholarship at Cal, uh, Cal, uh, California Institute of Technology. And his girlfriend, th- these two are going through for their PhDs. His scholarship is 125 grand for four years, okay? Full scholarship. He's majoring, he's doing his PhD on nanotechnology. We're talking two brilliant, brilliant, brilliant people. And they are just like faces in the phone doing Pokemon Go. And we're going around, you know, California doing things, and they're talking to everybody else, you know, that's catching these creatures everywhere. I, it's just it's insane. Insane. Now, those of you, and I know that people from a faith religious bend tune into this show a lot, okay? A lot of you are thinking, oh, wow, you know, the front of our church is a polka stop. Well, that has to do with Google Maps and Google and Pokemon. All churches are polka stops, okay? And my church, for instance, the front is a polka stop. Although I got to tell you, the, the, the best sign I've seen, okay, and there was another one. I'm driving through Arizona, and you know those movable type signs, you know, they have that direct you tell you how, tra- how bad traffic is, or, you know, they tell you, you know, uh, don't drink and drive. Gee, there's a novel thought. Nobody ever told me that before. That's really good. I'm glad you put that up on a billboard somewhere, okay? You know the movable type signs where they direct how, tell you how, how, how slow or how fast traffic is going? Well, in Arizona, those signs say Pokemon Go is a no go while driving. Okay, I've never seen I've never seen a, a, a social media or computer game, whatever you want to call this thing, grab people like it has. Anyway, my son's church in Woodstock, they have the, their church has one of these movable type signs out the front. And I, I thought I thought this was good. This is the best sign I've seen in front of a church yet. It says this polka stop has a slushy machine. And they do, you know, because, you know, he's got a big time youth ministry there and everything. And it's a lot of fun. And uh, uh, and I kind of had some fun with it as well. Uh, I tweeted out. Uh, um, uh, come on, you church growth cult type people. You know, like, uh, what are you going to do to uh, take advantage of the fact that almost all, all the churches in North America are now polka stops? You're going to do something for these kids here? Going to give out free bottles of water? You know, or set up a burger stand or, you know, like, uh, do something nice for, you know, everybody that's hanging around your church that normally wouldn't darken the door of any religious institution whatsoever? Something to think about, don't you think? Don't you think? I don't know. 
I was thinking maybe that might be a, a, a good thing, you know? Anyway... I gotta pay some bills. I got great people that have partnered with us on this program here, this this online adventure that continues. And there's gonna be no more interruptions. I'm not going on vacation, I think, again till like 2024. Gonna be straight ahead. The best online commentary, the best commentary you're gonna hear on radio anywhere, right here on Late Night Council. You can get us at tunein.com. We're all over the place, and our reach is increasing thanks to you and thanks to the people that want to tell you about uh, how they've partnered with us on Late Night Council. Stay with us. But the price ain't right. <laughs> ain't that cold? Be a damn flat cheaper. Yes, it will. Start riding the bike. We often hear about the supposed dangers of human-induced climate change. But what about the disastrous consequences of climate policy? For example, the closing of Ontario's coal stations was the single most important cause of the 318% rise in power rates since 2002. Thousands of industrial wind turbines are being erected across the province, killing birds and bats and ruining the lives of people living nearby. The expanded use of biofuels has led to 6.5% of the world's grain going to fuel instead of food. Only 6% of the $1 billion spent every day on climate finance goes to helping people today. The rest is dedicated to trying to stop climate change that may someday happen. Yet the reports of the non-governmental international panel on climate change show that the science backing the climate scare is highly uncertain. Isn't it time we focused on problems we know to be real? This message is brought to you by climatescienceinternational.org. For 17 years, I've been taking my cars to Irwin's Automotion. 17 years ago, Irwin was renting space on the corner of Bank and Heron. His encyclopedic knowledge of all things mechanical and his no-bull honesty has resulted in his second move. He now operates a huge facility on Cleopatra, eight bays and an expert staff that operate all in the same wavelength. Honesty, integrity, try to save the customers some money and headaches, but fix it right the first time. Irwin's Automotion, 34, Cleopatra. Tell them Council sent you. That'll make them smile. Summertime is here. It's time to cool off with your friends at Menchie's Frozen Yogurt. We feature 12 flavors of frozen yogurt daily with a choice of over 55 delicious toppings to choose from. The combinations are endless. Chill out with our new fresh yogurt fruit smoothies or be the hero at your next backyard barbecue or birthday celebration when you serve up our exquisite frozen yogurt cake to your family and friends. Visit us at 80 George Street in the Byword Market and 3091 Strandherd Drive in Barhaven. Menchie's Frozen Yogurt. We make you smile. It's good to be back. And I'm not taking off again for a long time, for a long time. I don't think I'm going to go on vacation again until like a 2035. Straight ahead every night right here, folks, right where you need to be on Late Night Council. You can connect with us directly at LateNightCouncil.com, at TuneInRadio.com, or Google Play, and various other venues being added 
as we uh, continue on this uh, online adventure, I like to call it. Uh, Tom Harris is the executive director of ClimateScienceInternational.org. That's where you can find them at ClimateScienceInternational.org. You know, he's a frequent guest on this show. And, uh, you know, when he calls in, he kind of goes to the front of the queue. And even if I got a lot of stuff to talk about, doesn't matter. Tom is uh, one of the few uh, voices of reason and uh, 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 free of any type of weirdo ideology, solidly backed by uh, proven science, and uh, always good to have him on the program. What's up, Tom? Yeah, on, on Wednesday night, John, is the next town hall uh, on climate change being held in Orleans uh, at the Sheckman Arts Center at 245 Centrum Boulevard. And you just gave our webpage. I put it right at the top of our webpage, exactly where it is, and I'll be putting a map up there in a few minutes. And, uh, you know, Ecology Ottawa are inclu- you know, encouraging all their members and people to get in there and, and put their point of view straight forward, you know. So we've got to have people on our side going. This is Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Okay, uh, I, I want to help you with the marketing here, okay, Tom? You have to ensure that there's a polka stop there. You know that there should be able to be some creatures there for people to, you know, to whip out their phones and and start capturing, uh, you know, a Pokemon creatures there and do the Pokeballs thing and everything. I'm telling you, Tom, well, if you can if that. you can tap into that, you'll double your crowd. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to be funny. Well, no, it's a good point. You Somehow know, we got to tap the, that marketing. The MP is uh, uh, Andrew Leslie. He seems like a nice guy. He's an ex general actually in the armed forces so of all people who would want to stand up for freedom of speech you would think it would be him so it's really interesting because i got an email from his office today saying that and this is a i'm reading it right now everyone will get a chance to say their piece if anyone is not respectful we will simply ask them to leave so this is an ideal opportunity for people on our side to actually give input to the process that's going to cost us billions of dollars if we don't stop it yeah, I, I saw the. Uh, I've got some info on uh, uh, Catherine McKenna, who, of course, is our, our ministry uh, minister of religion in uh, uh, the federal yeah. cabinet. And uh, you know, uh, you know, they're on record as saying, you know, the greatest threat to us is not terrorism, it's not the economy, it's uh, the climate. And and here's something else. Like I've kind of themed this program tonight, Tom. Things I've learned on the road. And I had a wonderful time in Arizona. Okay, and you know how hot it is in Arizona. I got a good friend that I, that I stayed with down there. It is way, 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 way easier to adjust to a climate that is warm than one that is getting cold, okay? It could actually oh, yeah. be, it, it would be a boon, okay, to, uh, to the Canadian economy and to the Canadian people. And, and you know and I know, because we've had this discussion over and over again, the people that are claiming this, they're doing nothing to help people to adjust to climate change. And climate's been changing That's since right. creation, and they've got everybody, and nobody has proven that they can, that we can change the climate. You know, and I have no yeah. problem believing, okay, maybe it is warming up, but prove to me that we can cool it down. You haven't done that. Nobody's yeah. done that. And, and, and what blows yeah, me what? away, what blows me away is you've got corporations and you've got people who are not stupid, who are willing to throw trillions of dollars away to something that nobody has proven is going to make a hill of beans difference. It, it makes yeah. me want to puke you know, every time I have the discussion, Tom. Yeah, yeah, Madhav Kandekar, who you've had on your show, yes. actually, in your you know your previous life, <laughs> the other station, uh, he laughs. He says, "You Canadians are crazy." He says, "We're from India, and India has had more global warming."
farming in the last uh, few decades than most of the world. And he says, we've done great. Yeah. He said, why would people in Canada be worried about global warming? I know. Says, it's, unbo- it's unbelievable. Ridiculous. It's unbelievable. It just yeah, goes. Yeah. But, it, but Tom, and I don't mean to sound cynical, but I think the facts need to be stated. We have the dumbest voters in the free world here. Yeah, well, also we have people who are very much afraid of environmentalists. You know, one thing I really respect the United States for is when they have town halls, people go out and say things that the politicians don't want to hear. They're much braver in the United States and Arizona and places like that. We've got to learn from them because otherwise we're going to be just railroaded with a billion-dollar, multi-billion-dollar climate but, but policy. But, Tom, Canadi- Ca- Canadians nothing. don't like thinking for themselves. Our, vo- our voting patterns prove it. Okay, we can have yeah. governments that squander and go, go, you know, I mean, horribly into debt. And, what, and, you know, they will lie and they will misspend and they will, you know, uh, blow billions of dollars with nothing to show for it. And what do we do about it? We vote them back in. We give them a, a majority again. I mean, uh, yeah, the, the voters scared. blow me away, we're... Tom. They blow me away at their, at their penchant for getting it wrong so often. It's scary. Yeah. It, it's just you know we're too scared. We're too scared to go out to a meeting and say, "Look, you know this is ridiculous. The amount of warming in the last century is less than one degree. All of your forecasts, like you were saying, all your forecasts are based on computer models that don't work. And you're going to spend billions of dollars that could be spent on health care. It could be spent on roads or or, or Tom, Tom, you and I, you and I would be pleased if that money was being spent on helping people adjust to climate change." Then you're really oh, helping yeah, people. Course. Like, why can't we put the money into yeah. irrigation? Why can't we put the money into digging more wells? Why can't we put the money into... I mean, this whole thought that we can change the, change the climate, nobody's proven that. Nobody. They haven't even come close to proving that we can have a spit in a hurricane's difference. Yeah, well, you know, just a few nights ago, we had power outages here in Ottawa because of a thunderstorm. Now, if we had our cables buried underground, that wouldn't happen. And, of course, that's the obvious way that you adapt to extreme yeah, weather, whether yeah. we're causing it or not. Yeah. That's the way to do it. But- in, in New York City, during Hurricane Sandy, there were parts of Manhattan that did not lose its power. It didn't lose its electrical connection. It didn't use its, lose its telephone. And that's because their cables were underground. They tell us they can't afford to do it, but they can waste billions trying to affect climate yeah, that yeah, might yeah. change in Because the, the, the whole climate change cult, it's got nothing to do with helping people. It's got nothing to do with making, you know, uh, the lives of normal, common people easier. It's got everything to do with, you know, getting in on the gravy train of cap and trade and, you know, uh, uh, carbon taxes and the technologies. I, I mean, dear God, would I love to see Dalton McGinty's, you know, investment portfolio. Would I love to see Bob Shirelli, yeah. Kathleen Wynn, Justin Justin Trudeau, Al Gore, uh, Elizabeth May, David Suzuki, name your eco-fascist, okay? I would love to see their investment portfolio. I can guarantee you all kinds of stock in solar uh, solar energy, all kinds of stock in wind energy, anything that has to do with companies that could only survive if they had the government bailing them out because none of those technologies are profitable unless government is heavy, heavy, heavy subsidizing them. So obviously you got a technology yeah. that isn't anywhere near where, you know, it, it should be replacing, you know, the the, the clean burning coal uh, 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 factories that we've shut down that don't pollute anymore because we cleaned them up decades ago and they fooled people into believing that you know what is great for plants and what creates lush vegetation is somehow affecting the uh, affecting the weather it's absolute insanity dumbest voters in the free will in the free world that keep buying this stuff tom always good having you on buddy 
we, people have got to go Wednesday night. Wednesday we night, Shankman you know, Center. The, the, Shank, Wednesday night, Shankman Center. What time? At seven o'clock. And I'll tell you, the general who you know he's an ex-general. He's the MP, Andrew, Andrew Leslie. Leslie. He said that they're going to kick out people who are too rude. So we have to be brave and go. Well, yeah, you know what. You know how they interpret rudeness. You go up and you, you go against the grain. You swim upstream. Oh, you're being rude, you know. Anyway, love you, Tom. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll do our best for you. Good having you on. Tom Harris, right Tom, Harris, Tom Harris Climate Science International. One of, the, one of the proud sponsors of this program, I'm happy to say. Good to have him on. He gets on anytime he wants to. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. It is open line, open topic. I've got so much to talk about today. I have to talk about Trump. I have to talk about Hillary. I've just spent two weeks in the states. Of course, I got to talk about them. I got to talk about Barry Zero. I got to talk about. I got to talk about terrorism. I got to talk about. I got to talk about cops getting shot. And we might talk about climate change a little bit as well. I don't know. We'll see. And of course, we're going to talk about what you want to talk about because that's the name of the game, right? You know. I mean, we know that five times as many people listen to the show on podcasts as they do live. But you can't call in during a podcast. So we invite you to call. Look at Tom there, okay? He's part of the show. He made it happen there. Well, I'm not Tom Horace. I'm not a head of, you know, some type of big, you know, international, uh, you know, like uh, like uh, uh, institution or something like that. I, I, I'm just a guy. Well, you know what? you got to stop thinking you're just a guy. you got to stop thinking you're just a person that doesn't mean much. Because you know what? Our politicians in Ontario and in Canada, that's how they keep getting elected. Because people don't realize how powerful their vote is. People don't realize how powerful their individual opinion is. And you're either going to pay attention to what they're doing or <laughs> they're going to they're going to sell you down the river. You're going to be looking at the I, I was reminded again because I drove through Detroit yesterday. And how many times have I mentioned the term Detroitification? We're looking at the Detroitification of the entire nation. If we don't get a grip on our spending, if we don't stop spending like three times more than what we're taking in. To the point where the only people... It's getting like North Korea. In North Korea, you don't make any money. You don't get ahead unless you're in with the government. You know, you get, you're kind of on the dole there with them. You know? And unless you're part of a union that's, you know, heavily subsidized by government, uh, uh, you know, uh, support, or you're unless you're working for the government, if you're in the, in the independent manufacturing sector or service sector and you're not connected to any government contracts, it's getting more and more and more difficult for you to do business in Canada. And that's just the way, that's just the way the eco-fascists want it. They want everybody dependent on the government. Nanny state on steroids. Well, they tried that in Detroit, but you know, Detroit didn't have a federal government bailing them out all the time like Ontario has had for the last 15, 20 years. Doesn't matter how far Ontario goes into debt. Stephen Harper or, you know, SpongeBob Trudeau is always going to be there to dump more into the coffers because he doesn't want to be seen as the bad guy, you know, that uh, just took away everybody's candy and everybody's, you know, fun and everybody's party. Well, the problem is we've been paying with that for that fun and those parties with our grandkids' future for the last 30, 40 years in Canada. The last 10, 15 years since, you know, the McGinty uh, uh, wind juggernaut took over in, in Ontario here. I got more stuff to talk about. I've always got stuff to talk about. I'm going to take a breather. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to reload, and we're going to be right back, I promise you, with more. Oh, uh, this is so much better than a news break, and most news breaks, all they have is bad news anyway. Well, you're going to hear some good news. Just stay right where you are. But you get a line while I'm catching my breath. 343-700-4390 in eastern Ontario, western Quebec. 
or 1-844-562-4766. That's 1-844-LNC-IS-ON. You can email me, jc at latenightcouncil.com. Keep it under six lines. And you can tweet at us at JWCouncil. Don't sweat it. I know I gave you those numbers pretty quick. I'm going to give them up before this break is over. Hey, it's time for me to start telling you what we're doing here on the show July 1st to July 15th. Starting Friday, July 1st, we're going to be playing our best shows for two weeks that we've done in the last six weeks since we started this online adventure here at LateNightCouncil.com. Our next live show after July 1st will be Monday, July the 18th. And don't forget you can download all our shows for podcasts anytime. TuneIn.com seems to be the best and easiest way to hook up with us. LateNightCouncil.com. Stay with us. Monday and Tuesday, it's news. Often some pretty good guests, too. Wednesday, it's Ask the Pastor. Thursday nights, we repeat the Ask the Pastor broadcast from the night before. And then Friday night, well, we fool around on Friday. We give stuff away. We have fun because that's what you're supposed to do on Friday. And if you miss any of the shows, well, that's what podcasts are for. 343 743390. That's 343 743390. That is the Eastern Ontario and Western Quebec line, the whole capital region. And 1 562 4766. That's long distance. 1 562 4766. Of course, you can advertise on Late Night Council. In fact, the ad space is quickly getting claimed. Get in now while the rates are still low. Email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com for more details. Information break there, man. It's pretty lame, man. You telling us what you're gonna do between July 1st and July 15th? Like it's, it's July 18th, counts. I know, I know. Like I've been off for two weeks. We'll have that changed by tomorrow. Hey, you may get to hear the same information break at the bottom of the hour. Okay, so just giving you a heads up. I think we're doing pretty. I think we're doing darn good for having a staff of four. At Council Communications, now, you've never heard that term, have you, Council Communications? Well, Council Communications is the, is, is the company that I have owned for, let me see, over 30 years. Used to be a Christian t-shirt company. We used to market, you know, the t-shirts. And I had like 25, 30 designs that I came up with. And, and uh, in fact, in the year 1988, 
We sold more, I guess you would call them faith-based T-shirts than any other company in Canada in that year. Did really well. Then I sold all the designs, moved out west, and loaded up the truck, and then moved to Manitoba. And then when we came back to Ontario, when I started on the other radio station and started pastoring here in Ottawa, we reactivated council communications. And uh, it kind of has a tagline that goes with I can't believe I'm talking about this. Uh, Council Communications, media with a conscience. Do you like that? Anyway, we have a staff of four. So, you know, it it doesn't matter, though. You know, like we can respond quicker to, you know, listener and caller input than any, you know, corporately owned bland radio station could. They couldn't dream of responding as quick as we can. And that's what's that's what's just so awesome about this. But enough of that, you know, inward banter. You want to hear about, uh, you know, stuff that's going on in the world, and, and, and you want to talk about it tonight, don't you? So it's open line, open topic. And I, I'm glad for the information update because it reminds me that, you know, you can email me if it's under six lines, jc at latenightcouncil.com, jc at latenightcouncil.com. But the, but the real fun is when you call in old school, 343-700-4390. That is the Capital Region line. That's 343-700-4390. And if you're calling from anywhere in North America, and I probably drove through it in the last two weeks, if you're calling from Nuns Island, Quebec, if you're calling from Arm, Mississippi, didn't drive through Mississippi, or if you're calling from Aloha, Washington, did not drive through Washington either, but I think I hit just about every other state in the union there, uh, you can call 1-800, 1-800, 1844 it's a 1-800 number, but it's not an 800 number, it's a 1-844 number, okay, 1-844-562-4766, that's 1-844-562-4766. Okay, I got a question for you, it's a bit of a rhetorical question, but if you want to answer it by calling in, that's fine. How does Barack Obama answer these questions, okay? And I've heard him answer these questions. When he dares to make himself available to the public in, 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 a, in any type of, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, press conference or media conference that isn't hyper-controlled, and they're all hyper-controlled because, look, at they, they know, you know, how weak this guy is, so they protect him like crazy, like SpongeBob Trudeau. When was the last time you saw, you know, really intelligent questions being fired at him? He is so protected. This guy lives in a bubble. It's, it's amazing. But anyway, just for the sake of conversation tonight, how does Barack Obama answer these questions? And I'll, give you, I'll give you a typical question. Mr. President, how do you respond to the fact that the truck driver in Nice, France, was yelling Allahu Akbar while he was mowing down innocent French victims. How does Barack Obama respond to that question? Usually with this. It's hard to understand the motives behind such cruel acts of extremism. That's your typical answer. Or, or how does he respond, you know, if he got this question, okay? Mr. President... Um, how do you respond to the fact that the shooter was yelling out Allahu Akbar while he was killing those gays at the bar in Orlando? And Barry Zero will usually respond with, it's hard to understand the motives behind such cruel acts of extremism. But we all must share in the responsibility of making our streets safer. We've got to do something about gun control. Oh my goodness. That's great, Barry. I guess, you know, if you were over in France, you'd be advocating truck control, right? Oh, yeah, you shouldn't be able to drive a truck unless you got, you know, you peed in a bottle somewhere and gotten a blood test and they've gone through your family tree. I mean, 
I was going to say, you know, we got the dumbest voters in the in, in, in the free world here in Canada. Not too far behind is the is the you know the bunch down south as well. Wow. Following the seventh deadly terrorist attack, I'm quoting Candace Malcolm, the Saturday Sun here. Following the seventh deadly seventh deadly terrorist attack in France in the past eighteen months, Francois Hollande, okay, he's the he's the you know the, the president there, is coming to terms with reality. Here's what here's what the president of France said. All of France is under the threat of Islamic terrorists, he said on Friday. Wow. My goodness. That's kind of that's kind of strong, isn't it? Listen, I want you to consider some facts facts about Barry Zero, okay? His dad was Muslim. His stepdad was Muslim. He was raised in a country that has the largest Muslim population in the world, Indonesia. I mean, I would like to know and if you want to call in and defend this loser, you know, there's a reason why I call him Barry Zero. He has done nothing. He's done nothing to fight Islamic jihadism. Absolutely nothing. And I'm convinced it's because there are so many highly placed uh, jihadist extremist supporters in his cabinet and various levels of government in the States. And it's the same in Canada as well. Do I have to remind you that the second most powerful person in in our foreign ministry, our uh, Ministry of Foreign Affairs, is a known supporter of known terrorist groups? That is a matter of public record. That's not just opinion I'm stating. It's just mind-blowing. I'm going to quote a little bit more of Candace Malcolm here from Saturday Sun. This Orwellian use of language is nearly as disturbing as the attack. Our conveyors of reporting have developed their own ideology. They pretend Islamist terrorists who kill in the name of religion are not actually killing in the name of religion. In the West, so many of our leaders in politics and the media are in denial. They've decided that naming the enemy is unhelpful. U.S. President Barack Obama said after the deadly Orlando attack by another militant Islamist that using the phrase radical Islam would not accomplish anything. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has followed Obama's down the path, down the path of doublespeak. Trudeau reportedly fails to address the motive of terrorists and simply offers vague condemnations of their terrorist acts. But if we are afraid to name our enemy, how do we ever expect to defeat it? Good question, Candace. Be nice if, you know, we had some elected leaders who are paid, you know, to answer questions like that. It'd be nice if they could answer. Absolutely pathetic. Sickeningly so. We are relieved. Listen to this. More of the garbage here. We are relieved that democracy has been preserved and that the democratically elected government remains in power. This is this is uh, uh, Stefan Dion talking about the military coup in Turkey. Okay. They tried to throw over overthrow Erdogan. Okay, and he's a he's a whacked out fascist dictator. The guy's a he's a, he's a nutcase. Okay. And this is what Dion says. We're relieved that democracy has been preserved and that the democratically elected government remains in power. We are also, now why am I reading this? Well, I'm getting to the punchline here. Stay with me. We are also encouraged by the grateful return to stability today, Dion said the statement. And here's what blew me away. Here's what had me underlining going, oh, I can't believe this. I can't believe Canadians put up with this. We stand with Turkey, a strong partner and NATO ally, as it recovers from these unsettling events. 
They we stand with Turkey. Really? Really? What do you mean we stand? What the heck does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. We stand around and we take selfies. We stand around and we do nothing. And Canadians, and listen, okay, I'm not just, this is not, you know, hack the leaders to death tonight, okay? Because you know if you listen to this program enough, I've told you hundreds of times. What is more dangerous than an inept, deceitful, conniving, corrupt politician? The people that vote for them. Because Canadians, listen, Canadians care less. They care less than even SpongeBob Trudeau does about NATO or ISIL or anything. They don't care. Because if they did, they'd be holding their politicians to a much, much higher standard and they'd be demanding, you know, some action here. Instead, I mean, I can't believe there's nobody in, in mainstream media that would have reacted to Stefan Dion saying, well, we stand with our NATO. What do you mean you stand? You pulled your jets out. We're doing nothing over there. We're not standing with them. We're standing around with our fingers up our noses and other, you know, crevices in our bodies. We're doing jack squat. We're not standing with anybody. Justin Trudeau standing around getting selfies for you, anybody that will throw him a loony. Prime Minister Justice from a, a, a Sun editorial today. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau expressed his usual greeting card sympathy for the victims and their families, assured France that Canada remains, listen to this, Canada remains a steadfast ally and pledged to work with other nations to fight terror. Ah, shut up, Justin, you're doing nothing. Pledged to work with other nations to fight terror. He wouldn't know terror, I think, if it even blew up his house. He'd be scratching his head wondering, oh, we don't know what the causes of extremism are. We need to get to the root causes of it. And your neighbors voted him in. Your neighbors that vote him in, they're way more dangerous than he is. Way more. Because if it wasn't for them, he wouldn't have a microphone to speak into. He wouldn't have a camera to look into. Michael Dentad today. In the citizen, how can a civilization unwilling to defend itself against barbarians endure? Well, it can't. It's a rhetorical question. And then he offers, he did taunt, well, you think, you know, yeah, that's a good quote. Yeah, I like that, boy. I can hear myself you know, saying that or maybe retweeting that out. But then he offers this solution. Oh, you're going to love a solution. Here's Michael Dentant's solution, you know, to everything, you know, the, the, uh, uh, to everything to get rid of ISIL. Here's a solution. The instrument for that destruction should be an international army. Listen, people actually believe this, okay? It should be an international army, including ground forces, much like the one that occupied Afghanistan 15 years ago. That force could be led, conceivably, by a future U.S. president, Hillary Clinton. For lack of a better option, and Canada should be there in a significant way as we were in Afghanistan. So his solution to ISIL is Hillary Clinton. The Benghazi queen... Oh my goodness! <laughs> this guy's a this guy's a paid media commentator. Yeah, Hillary, Hillary the slime, and SpongeBob Trudeau are going to stamp out ISIL. Right? Where's that looking glass that Alice fell into, man? I want to follow her. I'm sure she's got a, an even better solution down there. I'm sure. I'm sure that the Nobel Prize is being readied and shined up for both Hillary and SpongeBob right now. Okay, I'm sure they're readying it. Remember, they gave the Nobel Peace Prize to Al Gore, okay, the greatest con man of the 21st century, 
and they gave the Nobel Peace Prize to Barack Obama in his first year of the presidency, okay? The guy's done nothing to fight jihadist terrorism, and oh my goodness, he was the guy that was just going to bring everybody together. And aren't race relations as wonderful as they've ever been in the States? My goodness, what a great job he's done. Let's give him a Nobel Peace Prize. Why? Because he's black. Because he's the president, and he makes us feel good. Boy, it did a lot for those Dallas cops, didn't it? Did a lot for those Baton Rouge cops. One of them was black, by the way. My goodness. Aren't you glad you got a chance to vent? Aren't you got a, aren't glad you got a chance to call in and, and speak your mind? I'm here for you, folks. I'm here for you. And I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here for a long time. I'm not going on vacation. I don't think I'm ever going to go again. I'm going to be doing this show steady five nights a week for the next 30, 40 years. 343-700-4390 is the local number. The Capital Region, 343-700-4390. is long distance. That's 1-844-562-4766. You can email me. Keep it under six lines. JC at LateNightCouncil.com. You can tweet at us at JW Council on the Twitter exchange. Right back after this. Stay with us. Summertime is here. It's time to cool off with your friends at Menchie's Frozen Yogurt. We feature 12 flavors of frozen yogurt daily with a choice of over 55 delicious toppings to choose from. The combinations are endless. Chill out with our new fresh yogurt fruit smoothies or be the hero at your next backyard barbecue or birthday celebration when you serve up our exquisite frozen yogurt cake to your family and friends. Visit us at 80 George Street in the Byword Market and 3091 Strandherd Drive in Barhaven. Menchie's Frozen Yogurt. We make you smile. For 17 years, I've been taking my cars to Irwin's Automotion. 17 years ago, Irwin was renting space on the corner of Bank and Heron. His encyclopedic knowledge of all things mechanical and his no-bull honesty has resulted in his second move. He now operates a huge facility on Cleopatra, eight bays and an expert staff that operate all in the same wavelength. Honesty, integrity, try to save the customers some money and headaches, but fix it right the first time. Irwin's Automotion, 34, Cleopatra. Tell them Council sent you. That'll make them smile. Who is this man, this garlic king, who makes hummus hum and shawarma swing? This kingdom is really Lebanese. There's only one garlic king, and really Lebanese is his home. Don't be fooled by pretenders to the throne. Really Lebanese reigns as the best shawarma in Ottawa. See why it's good to know the king. I am Adel Aziz, the garlic king. I can do anything. Who is this man? I'm Adel Aziz, the garlic king. I can do anything. 2586 St. Joseph Boulevard in Orleans. Garlic, I love it. You didn't miss me when I was gone, but you missed the music, didn't you? Yeah, I know. You missed the music. Yeah, you can't uh, you, you can't go another night without that those great tunes, can you? Uh, well, neither can I. 
Actually, I, I went without them on the road. You know, I got this little iPod shuffle, these little things, you know, like that you could kind of, kind of hike. Look, they're so, they're as big as a quarter, okay? And I could put like 300 songs on this little iPod shuffle. And I've got really, really good headphones. I've got like, they're called in-ear monitors. They're like musicians use them. And, and they're really good for drumming, okay? And, and uh, like uh, 125 150 bucks. I've had them for years. I mean, like I scored a real good deal on them. I didn't pay that much for them. And uh, so I hooked up my headphones to my iPod shuffle and got on the motorcycle. Well, the only way you can enjoy tunes, even with state-of-the-art in-ear monitors on a motorcycle with a windshield and the wind, you know, amplifying the sound, is you've got to put it up to deafening uh, uh, levels. And, and I, I listened to music for about an hour. And I was on the road for about uh, 105 hours, only one and a half hours listening to tunes. Forget it. But I, I didn't miss it. I didn't miss the tunage. And I love tunage better than anybody. I, man, I can't. I, can, I, I was going to say I can't live without my tunes, but I, I can't. When you're on a motorcycle, and I'm trying to explain it to you, and if you have to explain it to people, they're never going to get anybody, but I'm going to try. You're so engaged. You're so a part of what you're doing that you don't really need outside entertainment. But that's just a side. We were talking about, okay, and 343-743-90 if you want to call in. That's 343-743-90. It's still open line, open topic. I'm ranting and raving like I usually am, doing my best to, you know, change all the, you know, solve all the problems of the world by 11 o'clock. Uh, but you can help me, okay? You, you can go take it in any direction you want. one 562 is long distance. That's one 562 If you can keep it under six lines, and I do have emails, but uh, yeah, I haven't checked them out yet. I'll see if they're airworthy. Uh, they got to be under six lines jc at late night um i i'm really i'm really getting fed up with how the media is protecting uh, uh barack obama in the states and now they're protecting justin trudeau here in canada i mean now think about this think about the ludicrous nut bar culture that we live in where they awarded the nobel peace prize to barack obama in his first year of the presidency and, oh, my, you know, aren't race relations wonderful in the States since, you know, he became president? I mean, they're almost as bad as they were during the late 1960s. I'm old enough to remember that vividly because I was living in Windsor, Ontario, two blocks from the Detroit River between 1966 and 1970 when they were shooting cops, when they were burning down buildings, when they were rioting in the streets where, you know, even at 10, 11 at night, we could hear the sirens across the river. I mean, I'm a kid, but I vividly remember that. It was all over the newspapers. It was everywhere. And now we got, you know, blacks killing cops. And we got a nation. And and this is how... And I lay the responsibility. The the buck's got to stop somewhere. And the nation to the south of us, they are more polarized in their race relations than they've been since the late 1960s. This guy is a pretend Martin Luther King. He's a wannabe. He's a cardboard cutout. He's never done anything more serious before he got into the presidency than organized community bake sales in his little enclave in Illinois. And when he got up to make his speech at the Democratic National Convention four years before he was elected, I was watching with friends and they reminded me, you said, John, when he got up and spoke, I said, that guy's going to be the first black president because I know how voters vote. They get, they get emotional. The guy can talk. The guy can wow a crowd. That doesn't mean jack squat when it comes to good governance. Race relations in the states have, have degraded. They have regressed profoundly under Barry Zero. Nobel Prize winners. That just proves the Nobel Prize people are a bunch of morons. 
What's the criteria required to win a Nobel Prize? Jack squat. You got to be able to talk cool and you got to be politically correct. You don't have to do anything. Anything. That's incredible. So I'm going to ask you tonight, is he the worst president the United States has ever had? Now, right away in our lifetime, people say Richard Nixon. Hey, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I think he's way more, you know what? I think he's way more inept than Richard Nixon. I think Richard Nixon was more evil. I think he was more calculated. I think he was a lying snake. Barack Obama, he, you know, I guess he's like Trudeau that way. He's just dumb. Not as evil as Nixon, not as calculated, certainly dumber than Nixon. Oh, my goodness. Got a comment here in the Ottawa Sun today. President Barack Obama condemned the attack, okay? This is the Baton Rouge attack. Another attack. That's all the guy ever does, you know? He has to get up and condemn attacks. That's good. Condemn some more, Barry. You're really stemming the tide. Boy, it's a good thing we got you in the White House down there. President Barack Obama condemned the attack, calling the assault... The work of cowards. We as a nation have to be loud and clear that nothing justifies attacks on law enforcement, Obama said in remarks from the White House briefing room. Everyone right now, focus on words and action that can unite this country rather than divide it further. Wow. And what are you doing to unite the country? Mr. Barry Zero? Yeah, let's round up the guns and arrest them. That's really going to work. I would say, and you want to call in and disagree with him, feel free. But in my opinion, I would, I would say that his ineptitude has contributed to the problem. His lack of, 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 his lack of leadership, his inability to lead, to make gutsy decisions. This guy's way more interested than being, in being politically correct and you know, pushing his, 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 I don't know what it is, his left-wing wacko ideology. That's way more important to him than solving problems. I don't think this guy could solve a, a, a tic-tac-toe puzzle. Well, John, election time is coming. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Election time is coming, isn't it? Okay, here's the best quote I heard, during, heard about uh, Trump and Hillary while it was on uh, a vacation, okay? Here's your choices. You want a bull in a china shop or you want a snake in the grass? I think that pretty well sums it up, doesn't it? Now, the context I heard it in, I didn't agree with the person who was suggesting it. They said a bull in a china shop is better than a snake in the grass. I, I don't know about that. And please, I am not advocating Hillary Clinton over, over uh, you know, the, the, the Donald for a second. And this is going to sound crazy to you because most of you know what I think of SpongeBob Trudeau. I still have SpongeBob Trudeau over, over either two of those. I would rather have SpongeBob Trudeau as my prime minister than Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton as my president. Oh, my goodness. Why, John? Because because I don't think SpongeBob is not as evil as Hillary Clinton is. And I don't think he's, 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 he's as egotistical, and I don't think he's as dangerous as Donald Trump could be. He's just plain dumb. He's got a lot of nefarious, really airheaded, ill-thought-out, ideological nutcases that are steering him, and he's listening to them. Please, okay? I'm, uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not advocating, oh, yeah, Trudeau's wonderful. On a scale of 10 of prime ministers, I'd give the guy maybe a one and a half. 
for a president, I would give, and you know, I hope, you know, one of them could surprise me. I'm not holding my breath. But from what I see from everything they're saying and everything they're doing from their past track record, I would give, uh, I'd give uh, Donald Trump maybe a .5 out of 10, and I'd give Hillary maybe a minus 2 out of 10. And remember, I gave SpongeBob about a one and a half. Wow. Yeah, I know. Latest polls came out down in the States. Hillary's still leading Trump 47 to 43. Now, three weeks ago, she was leading him 51 to 40. But since the terrorist attack in Nice, France, and the five cops getting killed in Dallas, and the three cops getting in Baton Rouge, you know, where there's crime and where there's evil present, most Americans are realizing, yeah, I don't know if we want this lady to be, you know, confronting evil in the world. Because she's seen as an evil person by a lot of people. She's seen as somebody that has built the system. Now, please, I'm not trumpeting Trump either. Can you imagine if you were down there? Here's the worst thing about the, that, the election in the States. One of those two is going to be president. Yeah! Oh! Man, I feel like standing up and singing O Canada, don't you? In all of us command. Do you like that? I don't have a problem with that. All my sons, all of us command. Who cares? Rudy Giuliani, remember him? Mayor of New York? The guy that, you know, was uh, such an inspiration to so many people at uh, 9-11. Well, this is what he said. This is what he said in an interview this week, okay? Saw him on TV. He says, if I started a movement called White Lives Matter, I'd be called a racist. Yeah, yeah, you would. Black Lives Matter. Yeah, especially when they're gunning down, you know, innocent white cops. Like, what a mess. What a mess. And the president's got nothing to say about it except, you know, candy-ass, greeting card, politically correct crap. That's not inspiring anybody. It's probably making people turn the TV off right away, you know? He's got as much statementship as Oprah Winfrey. In fact, I, sometimes I think he's the same person. Well, he's not wearing heels. He doesn't have a lot of hairspray. He doesn't have a magazine named after him. I'll bet they're working on that, though, too. i got to catch my breath, okay? I'm going to give you an information update. Okay, the first part of it is old. It tells you what we're going to do during holidays, which is past. Okay, forgive me for that. It'll be changed by tomorrow, okay? You're a forgiving audience, though. You know, you people are wonderful. We had technical difficulties tonight, and I didn't get on air till 9.30, okay? We, the audio was dumb. You know what the problem was? You know what the problem was? Do you know what the problem with technical difficulties was? When I came in, I unplugged a cord I shouldn't unplugged, and I plugged in the wrong cord, okay? Sorry, I'm known for my commentary, and I'm known for my... For my uh, 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 for my monologues and for my depth of, of uh, commentary, I'm not known for my technical proficiency, and it's certainly not the technical crew's fault. They're going bald, pulling pulling their hair out with you know the antics that I pull. Anyway, we're gonna be right back after this. Stay with us. Oh, this is so much better than a news break. And most news breaks, all they have is bad news anyway. Well, you're gonna hear some good news. Just stay right where you are. But you get a line while I'm catching my breath. 343-700-4390 in eastern Ontario, western Quebec, or 1-844-562-4766. That's 1-844-LNC-IS-ON. You can email me, jc at latenightcouncil.com. Keep it under six lines. 
And you can tweet at us at JW Council. Don't sweat it. I know I gave you those numbers pretty quick. I'm going to give them up before this break is over. Hey, it's time for me to start telling you what we're doing here on the show July 1st to July 15th. Starting Friday, July 1st, we're going to be playing our best shows for two weeks that we've done in the last six weeks since we started this online adventure here at LateNightCouncil.com. Our next live show after July 1st will be Monday, July the 18th. And don't forget you can download all our shows for podcasts anytime. TuneIn.com seems to be the best and easiest way to hook up with us. LateNightCouncil.com. Stay with us. Monday and Tuesday, it's news. Often some pretty good guests, too. Wednesday, it's Ask the Pastor. Thursday nights, we repeat the Ask the Pastor broadcast from the night before. And then Friday night, well, we fool around on Friday. We give stuff away. We have fun because that's what you're supposed to do on Friday. And if you miss any of the shows, well, that's what podcasts are for. 343 4390 That's 343 That is the Eastern Ontario and Western Quebec line, the whole capital region. And one 562 That's long distance. one 562 Of course you can advertise on Late Night Council. In fact, the ad space is quickly getting claimed. Get in now while the rates are still low. Email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com for more details. Four three seven hundred forty three ninety. It's open line, open topic, all the way to eleven. Hey, I could be going hot and heavy on you know all kinds of topics, but unless you hear otherwise, the default theme of every program is open line, open topic. Okay, unless it's Friday night, we fool around on Friday night. Default theme on Friday night is fooling around, but on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're not fooling around. Okay, we are solving the problems of the world together. Media with a conscience, folks. That's what this show is all about. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. That's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. Can I tell you about one of the best compliments I ever got from somebody who used to be my boss? Okay, and he was comparing me to other talk show hosts that were on the radio station that I was on. Okay, and it still stands true today. He says, "Counsel, here's the difference between you and the other guys that are on this station. All the other guys on this station, they're trying to get a rise out of people." 
They're entertainers, you know? They prod. They try to get people to call in. When you say something, people know you believe it. People, you know, you're not just saying that to get a rise out of people. You passionately believe what you're talking about. And that has never changed, okay? I don't hype things up just for the sake of being on radio. This is who I am. This is what I really, really believe. Now, I'll tell you something, and I need to be transparent with you, okay? Because I don't have to answer to anybody except you, the listener, now that we're doing this online thing. Oh, it's great. I love it. Oh, man. Okay? I, 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 okay, I, I, I will get in trouble being too honest sometimes. And the only way I'm going to get in trouble online is, you know, people, oh, I just can't handle that anymore. What you see is what you get. And if you like it, great. I don't have any, you know, the taskmaster saying I got to say this or got to say that. Now, it's possible that the listening audience and, you know, people tuning in, it's going to grow to the point where we get a lot of sponsors and a lot of people are involved. But, you know, nobody's coming on to sponsor the show that doesn't know what they're getting, okay? I passionately believe this stuff. And I think I, I, I hate hypocrisy. I can't stand it. I can't stand it when media and when politicians manipulate people. And they, and they treat voters. And, you know, voters, you know, you, you got, you got no way to blame but yourself because you have handed them the, uh, the reins of power. They have every reason to believe that you don't care. And they treat you like 10-year-olds and 11-year-olds like you don't know what in the world's going on with the crap that they say when they're asked, you know, pointed questions about policy issues and about some of the, you know, contentious issues of the day. They never answer straight. And we expose that crap. Got a good email here from Meladul. We are facing the greatest threat today from extremism terror in the form of self-radicalization, not only in Canada, but worldwide. There may be thousands of people in Canada already wanting to kill or hurt others to achieve their objectives while having themselves killed by law enforcement officers. Killing others will not achieve or solve the, the today, uh, today's political matters. But political environments, including Canada, seem to welcome these kinds of people. Yeah, because yeah, people that are you know with Hamas, Hezbollah, Al-Qaeda, ISIL, you know, Islamic Jihad, name your, you know, Islamic extremist group, okay? They know that the left are useful idiots. They know that they can use their their so-called tolerance and open-mindedness and so-called progressiveness. They can use that for to, you know, advance their own causes. And that's the problem with not labeling this enemy for what it is. It's Islamic jihadism. Look, at it's not Muslim. It's not Islam. More Muslims die of Islamic jihadism than any other you know, religious group. And a lot of them have come to Canada to flee that stuff. I know that. But the problem is, we are so limp-wristed, we are so worried about the political cost, we are so... Uh, 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 ideologically weak we don't we don't know what we stand for anymore and because we don't know what we stand for we don't know how to properly screen these people we're we're more afraid of offending people coming into this country than the security of this country And the media and, you know, the campaign never cornered Justin Trudeau on his ideological beliefs, okay? We're finding out now that this guy pays way more attention to what globalists say than, you know, anything that he would do to defend this country or make this country great. 
I don't think the guy's got a patriotic bone in his body. He would bleed for the United Nations way quicker than he would for, for Canada. Oh, he gives lip service to it, you know, and he'll answer, you know, if he gets pinned down, he'll answer like any other, you know, double-talking, smooth, you know, hallmark greeting card politician. But when it comes right down to it, he is driven by a globalist ideology. It's way more important for him to save the planet. It's way more important for him, you know, to, uh, you know, uh, be part of a one-world uh, uh, government than, you know, to, to, to do what's uh, uh, best for Canada's interests. I think that's obvious. Three four three seven hundred, good email. Melody, appreciate you sending that in. First time emailer, way to go. Should we do the Hallelujah course for that? Why not? I can do whatever I want, right? Can I? Sure, I can. Anyway, where's that Hallelujah course? We hired a new choir and everything. They're in here somewhere, are they? Where are they? Hallelujah. There they are. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. That's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. One eight four four LNC is on. One eight four four five six two four seven six six. My my ears are actually still ringing from the road. They are, you know. Even though I had earplugs in, and you know, these cheap earplugs they fall out, and you got to readjust them all the time. And and when you pull them out, you know what the worst part is? You go into a restaurant, and they got a lot of good music playing in their restaurants down the states, except for you know the the Harley service area where they played nothing but you know the gag me with a jackhammer country music um and and uh, tunes that i know they don't sound right they sound like they're off key when your ears are ringing like that it's, it's just really weird and uh, have you done i didn't notice this you know i'm 56 years old you think i would you know all the time i've spent in the states i would have noticed this going into restaurants and gas stations and everything of course when you're on your motorbike you know uh, you, you, you and when you're 56 you tend to go to the bathroom a lot don't worry, I won't get into gory detail. But I go to the camera. Where's your washrooms? Your what? what? Your bathrooms. Oh, bathrooms. Washrooms. Isn't that crazy? They don't know what a washroom is down there. Hey, look it. I'm not going into your restroom to take a bath. Why do you call it a bathroom? You say bathroom, they know exactly what you mean. I want to go to the bathroom. Do you know anybody that ever took a bath in a, in a, in a, a gas station ba- uh, washroom. Do you know anybody ever took a bath in a restaurant washroom? It doesn't happen, ever. So why do they call them bathrooms? I know we call them bathrooms, too, but we call them washrooms. Now you know that at every gas station, and at every restaurant, at every public restroom, people wash their hands. That's why we call it a washroom, okay? It's sanitary. It's a good thing. You dumb Americans, I mean, change it. It's not a bathroom. It's a washroom. My goodness. Now, I can live with the fact that you don't know what an elastic is. I needed elastics on one of my trips. I went in asking elastic. They didn't know what I was talking about. Oh, you mean rubber bands. Oh, rubber bands. Yeah, rubber bands. No, rubber band was an old hit that the spinners sang years ago, okay? You remember that tune, Rubber Band Man? They don't know what an elastic is. Now, I can live with that. You want to call them rubber bands, that's fine. That's descriptive. That's what they are. Elastic, I don't know where we got that from, but, you know, I can handle rubber band. But washroom, bathroom, forget the bathroom thing. Use it properly. It's a washroom. Okay, I feel better now. Need something to get, got to get something off your chest? Well, that was kind of silly, John. I don't know. I saw a fox on my trip. I saw a bear. I saw a bear. Yeah, he looked like he was hitchhiking. I'm not kidding you. He was an adolescent bear. I'd peg him at about, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of documentaries. Okay. Been to zoos. 
I would say that black bear would be about four or five years old. And he's walking on the shoulder like he was hitchhiking. And, you know, he's on all fours. He's walking. And he's watching the cars go by. It's a bear. I just saw a bear. I had nobody to tell, you know. That's why I'm telling you now. But the coolest thing, the coolest thing I saw while I was on my 11,120-kilometer journey on the bike was uh, driving from L.A. to Phoenix. It was 110 degrees, and they got these things called dust devils. You know what a dust devil is? A dust devil is, it's like a mini tornado. And I'm telling you, like, I was glad they were far away from me because they looked like they could do a little bit of destruction on you. If they came sweeping over the road, they would probably knock me off my bike. These, and they whirl, like there's not a cloud in the sky. And yet you see this dust devil spinning around. I think the, another word for them is Sirocco. You know the old Volkswagen sports car they had in the 70s and the 80s? They named it after a dust devil, like a desert mini tornado. I saw at least three or four that one of them was just, oh, spectacular. I mean, I, I, I can't gauge the, the height of the thing, but it, really something to see. Really cool. John, you had to be there. You're making no sense, buddy. We, don't, we can't relate to that at all. You know, <laughs> I appreciate you tuning in. Hey, it's open line, open topic. You can talk about whatever you want. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. That's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. One eight four four five six two four seven six six. That's one eight four four five six two four seven six six. SpongeBob Trudeau. I've been talking. I've been calling him that. You know, pretty much since he got elected, because I think that you know why why I started calling him that, because uh, back on the other uh, station in, in in the previous incantation late night council on a Friday frenzy one night, we had a poll and uh, uh, we talked about or maybe it wasn't a poll. Uh, we talked about, uh, you know, what famous people, what cartoon characters do they remind you of? And, and Justin came in. Everybody was SpongeBob Trudeau that night. It was SpongeBob SquarePants. Justin reminds them of SpongeBob SquarePants. And if you know anything about the cartoon character, you have to agree, okay? So that's the nickname I've given him. Fitz. Works for me. If you don't like it, call in. We'll talk about it. I've been kind of, I've been hearing a lot of nicknames about Kathleen Wynn. And, you know, I, I did some thinking about it on the bike, and I thought, you know, I, I, and, and it's opinion. I reserve the right to be wrong, okay? I'm leveling with you now. When I'm talking politics, when I'm talking about Trudeau, Kathleen Wynn, Donald Trump, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, Stephen Harper, you know, uh, Bob Shirelli, uh, John Fraser, Madeleine Mayer, Yasser Nakfi. When you hear me talking politics, I reserve the right to be wrong. But I think it's important. I think it's so important that, we, you know, we have a forum where people can express their opinions. Okay? Wednesday night, I don't reserve the right to be wrong. Okay? I base my authority on what, on what has been the bedrock of civilization for thousands and thousands of years. But when we're talking media, when we're talking opinion, I reserve the right to be right. But you're going to hear my opinion. You will always hear my opinion. That's why I think Kathleen Witch is the best nickname for the woman. Okay? So from now on, I think I'm going to call her Kathleen Witch. In my opinion, and I reserve the right to be wrong, I think she's the most calculated evil uh, leader in Canada right now. Okay? And if you want me to elaborate, I could go down the list as to why I believe that. I think she's a hypocrite. I, 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 now, some of you might be thinking, oh, John, you're being judgmental. No, no. If you think I'm being judgmental, you have no idea what judge, judgmentalism is. It's expressing an opinion. Expressing an opinion is not the same as judging. And when you reserve the right to be wrong, I think it's very valid to express an opinion. I could be wrong, but I think she's a witch. I do. 
I wouldn't trust her as far as I could throw her. I think she's the most calculated evil leader that I've ever been under in my lifetime. In my lifetime. Now, here's the difference between Kathleen Witch and SpongeBob Trudeau, okay? Passionate ignorance isn't as bad as calculated evil. Have you got that? I'll repeat that for you. Passionate ignorance isn't as bad as calculated evil. I think Kathleen Witch is is, is calculated evil. I think she's misguided, and I think she she I think she knows where she's going, and it's not a very good place at all. It's a bad place where she's leading the province. SpongeBob, I think he's very passionate, but I don't think he has a clue. Just my opinion. What's yours? Have you got one? I want to hear from you. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. That's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. You're calling long distance. If you're calling from, let me see, if you're calling from Endeavor, Saskatchewan, if you're calling from Secret Town, California, wherever you're calling from, Bags, Wyoming, that's B A G G S, Wyoming, 1 844 That's 1 844 562 This is Late Night Council, right where you ought to be. Stay with us. For 17 years, I've been taking my cars to Irwin's Automotion. 17 years ago, Irwin was renting space on the corner of Bank and Heron. His encyclopedic knowledge of all things mechanical and his no-bull honesty has resulted in his second move. He now operates a huge facility on Cleopatra, eight bays and an expert staff that operate all in the same wavelength. Honesty, integrity, try to save the customers some money and headaches, but fix it right the first time. Irwin's Automotion, 34, Cleopatra. Tell them council sent you. That'll make them smile. Summertime is here. It's time to cool off with your friends at Menchie's Frozen Yogurt. We feature 12 flavors of frozen yogurt daily with a choice of over 55 delicious toppings to choose from. The combinations are endless. Chill out with our new fresh yogurt fruit smoothies or be the hero at your next backyard barbecue or birthday celebration when you serve up our exquisite frozen yogurt cake to your family and friends. Visit us at 80 George Street in the Byword Market and 3091 Strandherd Drive in Barhaven. Menchie's Frozen Yogurt. We make you smile. I bought my Toyota Yaris from Tony Graham Canada eight years ago. It now has 340,000 kilometers on it, easily the most reliable car I have ever owned. I was talking to my mechanic. I said, Irwin, you must fix a lot of cars. Is my car unique or all Yaris is like this? He said, no, they're all like that toughest little car he's ever seen. And he also said Toyota just makes better cars, the kind you keep for a long time, not the kind that you have to replace every three or four years because it's falling apart. Tony Graham, Canada Toyota, when you want a vehicle that's going to last a long time. Circle in the raging roller rink. A trading in the 
He's always got good takes. I love his calls. I want to get him on the air right away. Let's uh, go to Mike, see if we can get him on the air there. Mike, can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear, buddy. What's on your mind tonight? Good. Um, well, I've been following the uh, Republican convention in the States. Oh, and, that's uh, fun. Kind of like WWE wrestling or UFC. Oh, I wish it was that good. It's, it's <laughs> oh, disaster. isn't it? Isn't it? it is everything everything I'm hearing, it's even better. Oh, it, this is this is worse than I thought it was going to be. I knew that it was going to be contested. I I've been saying for a while that um, I know that a lot of people, especially here in Canada, don't quite understand how their system works. But this business about primaries and and caucuses and and how many get how many votes you get, well, that's not the delegates. That's just votes. Um, they select representatives from each state. Those those delegates are elected. There's whole there's processes different in each state. But these people are sent to then represent that state and then cast that vote. Yeah, and the official the official voting takes place at the convention, doesn't it? Right. That's why it's been presumptive nominee, even though yeah. Donald Trump is yeah. the last man standing. Well, now, now, now Mike, Mike, Mike. Before you continue, Mike. Before you continue, I'm 56 years old. Okay. I started following Democratic and Republican national conventions, and I'm not kidding you now, when I was eight years old, going back all the way to 1968 when Nixon was up against Hubert Humphrey. In 72, it was Nixon versus McGovern. In 76, it was Carter versus, uh, I think it was Reagan back then. They lost, okay? And uh, and then, of course, 80, Reagan beat, uh, I don't know who, Mondale, I think, was the guy. And uh, so, like, I've been watching that stuff like a hawk all my life and very, very interested in it. So continue. Sorry for interrupting. Well, um, so basically, the delegates that have gone to the convention were not actually Trump supporters. So even though he had managed to secure the necessary votes to secure the nomination, all of the representatives who are casting that vote, a good portion of them are very anti-Trump. A lot of them pro-Cruz, but not all of them, but a lot, the vast majority of them anti-Trump. So I knew there was going to be definitely some kind of um, confrontation. Contest, uh, yeah, confrontation. Um, so the people, these delegates, they don't just go and vote on the candidate. They also decide, they set the, the uh, um, platform for the Republican Party for the next com- number of years. They set uh, rules for how the convention is going to be run, how the votes are handled. So they have a lot of power, these people. So I knew something was definitely going to go down. Um, they, had a, they set a new platform, which happens to contradict everything Trump is now out there campaigning on so, so this is a, okay so what you're saying is what you're sa- what you're saying is the anti-trump uh, uh uh faction of the republican party is kind of the the people that are setting policy and they're pulling the levers as far as you know what the republican party is going to be at the convention is that what you're saying well that's how it began but very quickly the rnc the uh, establishment and of course the trump people rnc would be the republican national chairman trouble continue yeah. So they realized they were in trouble. So they band together. So there was a rules committee last week, and uh, they they had a little error with the printer. And the, basically, let's put it this way: there have been a lot of shenanigans, and the Trump people have been crying since before months ago that they were going to try to steal the uh, nomination process away from by cheating and and whatnot at the convention. You mean well, the, the, the people the, the, who've been doing the cheating are the Trump. And the establishment, they have united, 
and they have been absolutely doing incredible things from uh, changing the process to uh, holding voice votes, refusing to count delegates. They've been turning off microphones when the votes have been occurring, and non-delegates have actually been doing the voting instead of the delegates themselves. Um, it's, it's just an incredible show. Um, I, I don't even have enough time to explain all the, the nonsense that's gone on, but it's truly remarkable. Um, if you, if for, for people that are really want good coverage, I've been getting a lot of my news from conservativereview.com. They've got excellent coverage. Uh, there's other sources out there. Um, but uh, let's put it this way. The convention and some of the footage coming out of this uh, is showing just how divided that party is. Donald Trump needs, and Mike Lee uh, was on uh, Levin's show uh, after the shenanigans went down, and he said the same thing, that the RNC needs these people to vote for them or they will lose. It is guaranteed they will lose. And by acting the way they are doing to shut down dissent, uh, they are, I mean, these people are already really angry about the whole Trump thing. <laughs> acting like this? Uh, yeah, that's yeah, but but you know what's at stake here. Problem. You know what's at stake here, though, Mike. I mean, the pressure's on because if there's any if there's any division in the Republican Party, you know who's going to benefit from that. That means Hillary Clinton's a, well, Hillary Clinton's a shoe in, and you could say what you want about how you know out to lunch Trump is, and I would agree with you. But you know the people that hate him. You know they're gonna if if they hate if they hate him they must hate him more than they hate Hillary because the thought of uh, uh, the thought of uh, of of a nation being led by the snake in the grass as opposed to the bull in the china shop is is bringing they better get their act together or you're looking at a Hillary presidency. Well, you already are, and and I want to make sure we don't lose this point because it's very important. Um, a lot of the what goes down in the rules is this was not just about denying Trump the uh, nomination, which by even from my estimate, it looks like he was going to secure it no matter what. Um, what happened with the, all of this, this alliance between the Trump people and the RNC, the, the Republican establishment, a lot of what the, we're trying to establish were controlled by the conservatives and the grassroots, the supporters of the party. They've lost control to the party bosses, much like it is here in Canada. And, and a lot of these rules were designed to take power away from those bosses and restore the process or the power to the people. And uh, Good that's luck with really that. how their system is set up. Well, yeah, exactly. And so Donald Trump, who is supposed to be Mr. Anti-Establishment, he's supposed to be the guy going in there to shake up the establishment and not cut deals was cutting deals. He's reminding me of Jimmy Hoffa. He's reminding me of Jimmy Hoffa. You know that? Str oh, absolutely. Strong yeah, arming to get not, his way, you know. Big business guy. And, and, and I, I know Jimmy Hoffa was a union guy, but, you know, he was cutting deals all over the place. And, he, you know, he would stoop. He was known to stoop to thuggery to get his way. And uh, I think Trump's very capable of that. I think this, this what's going on today, and there's going to be a lot of uh, falling out tomorrow over this, but what went on today, and you can find the videos and the commentaries, and you see just how outrageous this process was where they've quite clearly rigged the system. So what Donald Trump was so afraid they were going to do to deny him, he has now done to the conservative opposition. And by doing that to such a large uh, group that are opposed to certain things, They've guaranteed that they're not going to back Trump. Beat, beats the heck out of reality TV, doesn't it, Mike? Uh, 
something else. <laughs> Thanks for your call, buddy. We're back at it tomorrow night at 9 o'clock. It won't be 9.30. I'm not, you know, making those dumb technical mistakes again. That will never happen again. Thank you for your patience tonight. Hey, we had a good show anyway, didn't we? Thanks for tuning in. Good night. <laughs>